Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. Happy Mother's Day. I am so thankful that you are here today. And so uh, we're going to continue in our sermon series called Christian Concarne, and today we're going to use a big idea, and from that idea, a lot of applications uh, for Mother's Day. But even if that doesn't apply to you, uh, there's lots of helpful things in this sermon today, so I'm I'm excited about this. It's one of those sermons that took a long time to come together. Um, Man, when it's Thursday and you're still working on it, I'm like, I hope I have something to say. So uh, so we're going to see if it worked out, all right? So, so here's the big idea for the day. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. It says this, for we are God's co-workers, that's the church and the people in the church, but you are God's field, God's building. So God says, you're a, God gives us a metaphor right there that I want to stop for just a second. He says, he said, God either plants you like a plant or builds you like a building. It's the same example, just, just different examples. But what he goes on from there is he uses the building uh, metaphor exclusively. So that's the one we're going to do. You are God's building. The church, the people of God are here today, and we help each other, but you're God's building. He wants to use your life to build a building for his glory. So all of the examples uh, flow from that in this way. So you're God's building. So let's look at the next verse, and let's see how to do that, the life lessons we can pull from that. Verse 10 says, according to God's grace that was given to me, I laid a foundation as a skilled master builder. Another builds on top of it, but each one is to be careful how he builds on it. Why? For no one can lay a foundation other than one that has been laid down, and that foundation is Jesus Christ. So in building a life or building a building for God's glory, life lesson number one, Jesus is the only foundation. Jesus is the only foundation. Now, I have taken for my life, uh, up until this last house that we built, foundations for granted. I never really thought about foundations until we built, we built uh, this last house. We built out in Tahitian, and part of our uh, lot, and we're down by the river, is in a floodplain. And so we had to build out of the floodplain. So we have a really big foundation. Let me show you a picture of it right here. So here is that. So you can tell how big it is. I'm about 6263. And so that's that's right there. <laughs> Ish. All right. That's that's 63 is my goal. Shut up. And so <laughs> so so you can tell how how big, how much concrete is in our foundation. Well, the last thing you want to do is have that much foundation and have a problem have a foundation that doesn't hold up. So you get the foundation engineered. And we, uh, my friend built our house, is a great, uh, reputable builder. We got engineered foundation where they test the soil and see how much it's going to move and make sure. And so, so it's really important to have a good foundation in a place where if you don't, it's going to cause major problems. And so that's what God is saying today. Your foundation is what you build upon, but I want you to see exactly what he said there. He said this, he said, Jesus is the only foundation. 
The Bible doesn't say, there's lots of foundations out there, but I advise you to take Jesus because he's the best. That's not what the verse said. Jesus is the only foundation. The other, uh, in, there's a parable in Matthew chapter 7 where Jesus compares himself to a rock. He says, build your foundation. Use me as a rock of foundation. Everything else is shifting sand. It's not that Jesus is the best foundation. He's the only foundation. If you do not build your life on Jesus Christ, then the sands will come, the, the, the winds will blow, the, the rain will come, and it will shift, and your life can crumble. Build on Jesus. He is the only foundation. Now, I think that's a broad enough idea that we all get it, but it's also kind of hard to apply. It's one of those that you could walk away and feel good about, but not really know how to apply. So let me give you some really practical ways to help you to apply that Jesus is the foundation of your life. Let me give you three words. The first word is consistency. Consistency. How often do you use your foundation? I thought about that question, and my first answer was every day. Well, that's not true. You don't use your foundation every day. You use your foundation always, always. When you're in the home, when you're outside of the home, when your home is young or old, you always use your foundation. There's never a moment where you give the foundation a day off. There's never a moment where your foundation is unimportant to the building, and so there's never should be a moment for us in, Jesus, in, in our life where Jesus Christ is not the foundation. What I think we have a tendency to do, instead of putting Jesus as a foundation, is using Jesus as one of the building blocks. So we say, all right, tomorrow, Monday, my kids go to school Monday through Friday. My wife and I work Monday through Friday. Tuesday night, we have baseball practice. Friday night, we like to go out on a date. Saturday, we wake up, we clean the house, and then we do some games. Sunday, we go to church. And you have this idea, it's almost like this is, this is the spiritual time of your week. But when you have Jesus as a foundation and you consistently rely on him, you understand Jesus has things he wants to say to you about your education, about your job, about baseball, about your dating, about games on Saturday. Jesus wants to have input and be the foundation of all of that. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says, as you're training your children, talk to them about Jesus. When you walk out, when you come in, when you go to bed, when you get up, use Jesus within all of your life. He's the foundation for everything always. So the good, a good question is, how long has it been since you talked about Jesus outside of this building? How long has it been since you brought Jesus into any other situation in your life? Because he wants to be the foundation of all of those situations. Consistently use Jesus. I'm glad you're here today and you're doing a good part of it. But if you think of this as the Jesus place and this is where God lives and we go and visit God, then you're missing out on the fact that he wants to be the foundation of all of your life. The second, so the first word is consistency. The second word is diversity. Diversity. There are many ways for you to have Jesus as the foundation of your life. And I encourage you to use them all. We're, we're all going to have a natural proclivity to be better at one than the other, but God wants us to be involved in all of them. So as you're raising your children, we're talking about Mother's Day, man, 
a lot of you are sitting with your children. I am so thankful for that. That's great. I, uh, several years ago, we had a, a lady in our church, an adult lady, and a lot of times, you know, you'll, you'll sit your kids in the middle of you, you, you know, especially if you've got multiple kids, you know, you don't want too many in a row, because uh, they can, I mean, that can really revolt quick. And so you want to set those kids in the middle of you. Well, I looked out, and this lady, her, her parents go to church with us as well, and they had her right in the middle. And so I, I made fun of her. I was like, man, you are 40 years old, and your parents still don't trust you. And so, you, you know. Diversity is, I bring them to church, yes, we do church, but diversity is also, I teach them to pray. I read the Bible with them. I send them to students on Wednesday night. Uh, one of the things that we've been talking a lot about these days is, man, camp. Camp is a fantastic way for you to get back. And I saw my kids, both of my kids do this. They would waver a little bit, man, really get refocused and energized at camp, and it would really raise up their level of Christianity. Use all of these ways. Make sure that you're not just solely picking one thing that, that you do spiritually with your children, but you're coming at it from all different angles. We have so many opportunities here at River Valley, both for you and your children. Do them all. Do them all. Because it really is important. And there's some things that they're just going to connect with more than others. So make sure and do them all. So consistency, diversity. The last one is other people. Other people pouring into your children's lives. Now, you as a mom or you as a parent are definitely incredibly important in that. So I'm going to use that illustration to show how people pour into your lives, but uh, other people do as well. Let me show you a cover of a book that, that one of my friends gave me last year. This is a book called Crowns, and it's portraits of black women in their church hats. And it is a, it's a good read, but visually it is one of the most stunning books I own. I love it. It's got pictures of these beautiful women in these ornate church hats, and every chapter has a picture, and it tells the story of this woman. It's a, it's a wonderful book. And so, but the, I want to tell you the story of one of them. As soon as I read it, I was like, oh, that's a Mother's Day illustration. And so, I mean, it was like as soon as I said it. So, this is a story of Miss Jimmy Ruth Jones. She was born in 1920 in Nashville. She was born in what's called a shotgun house, a shotgun row of houses, these small houses side by side all lined up. And Jimmy Ruth says, I was one of eight children, but my mother, when she was 26 years old, went blind from glaucoma. My mother never saw five of her children. She had eight, but five of them, she was blind when she had them. She never saw them. But she said, my mom was amazing. All eight children, she said, my mom greeted us by name when they walked in the door, not because they said anything, but because she knew their footsteps. She could greet her children by their footsteps. She knew each one of us by their footsteps. Jimmy Ruth says, one time my mom made a big uh, bowl of biscuits, and we were waiting to eat. My mom said, don't eat those biscuits yet. So I thought, well, my mom's blind. I'll do what I want. And so she, she reached over for a biscuit, she said, and her mom immediately swatted her hand away. She's blind. How did she do that? The most impressive one, I thought, was that her mom taught all of her children how to read. She was blind. They used newspaper as insulation in their house. They would pull out a piece of newspaper. The child would describe what the letter looked like, and then Jimmy Ruth's mom would tell them, well, this is an A, and this is the sound it makes, and a B, and taught them to read, even though she herself could not see. She taught all her children to read that way. 
And Jimmy Ruth said, here was the, the statement that I, th- I thought was so funny. She said, I became convinced by the time that I was in high school that my mom wasn't really blind. She was faking. <laughs> she said, she knew everything. How could you know this and be blind? She said, I became convinced that she wasn't blind. She was. But moms see, don't they? Moms know. Moms have, a, have an innate ability to look into, especially their children's lives, and know and see and diagnose their life. I, so many times this happened in my family. Melinda would come and say, you know, I think this child is struggling with this, or I think this child's really in some sin that we need to deal with. And me, with my expert uh, perception, I would go, nah, they're fine. And then later on, you know, the, the, uh, the school counselor or the you know, pl- nice police officer would call and say, hey, you should have listened to your wife. And I was like, okay. And then we got to deal with our kids then, right? It was amazing to me. Listen, listen, here's the deal. Moms, I think a lot of you know some things that your children need in their lives. My challenge is to say, I want to have a real brief conversation. And I want to say, I see this in you, and I love you enough to tell you, this is what I think you need. This is what I think you're lacking. And I'm telling you not not to shame you. I'm not telling you this. I'm telling you this because I see something in you, and I want to bring out the best of you. Have Jesus as the foundation of your life. The Bible says, uh, in the verses we just read, Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, and then others are the co-workers. There's all of these people pouring into our lives. Listen to them. Listen to them. They love you, and they care about you, and listen to them. They really can help you in that life. Now, So life lesson number one is that be careful because Jesus is the only foundation. Number two, let's read verses 10 uh, through 15. We're going to read a part of the verse we just read again. Each one should be careful on how he builds on the foundation. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which has been laid down. And that foundation is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw— Then each one's work will become obvious, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test the quality of each person's work. If anyone's work has built, or that he has built survives, he'll receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned up, he'll experience loss. But he himself will be saved as though through fire. Life lesson number two on building a successful building, be careful how you build. Be careful how you build. Let me give you a reason. It's your life. It's yours. It's your life. I'm not telling you to be nice to other people. We, we, we got those sermons too. But today I'm telling you, be careful. It's your life. It's your life. Be careful in how you build. The Bible gives us two ways that we can build uh, as examples, as metaphors. The first, he says, you can build with gold, silver, and costly stones, or you can build with wood, hay, or straw. It's up to you. Be careful how you build and evaluate and think on how you build. You need to have a foundation that is Jesus Christ, but that's not all there is. There's There's this spiritual element that underlies everything, but then the way that we build on it matters. And Jesus says, be careful how you build. Think about the differences between, uh, between gold, silver, and costly stones, wood, hay, and straw. Gold, silver, and costly stones are permanent. Wood, hay, and straw are temporary. Wood, uh, gold, silver, and costly stones are expensive or valuable. Wood, hay, and straw are cheap. 
Gold, here's my, my favorite one for, for the way we're raising children today. Gold is hard. Wood is easy. Anyone can go out and find wood today. You have to dig and work to find gold. And Jesus says, in the same way, build on your life, even when it's hard. Even when you have a foundation that is spiritual in Jesus, it's still hard. Build when it's hard, when it's not convenient or easy along the way. My, my new favorite quote that I've, I've heard recently is this. Um, the way you do anything is the way that you do everything. The way that you do anything is the way that you do everything. I think sometimes that we think, well, I'm really good in these areas, but I'm not so good in these areas, but they don't matter. No, your life interconnects. You've got to be good in everything that is important in your life. You've got to be good in all of those. And the way that you do life shows up in the way that you do all of life. So you want to be good in your spiritual life. You want to be good in your marriage. You want to be good in raising children. You want to be good in your extended family. You want to be good in your friendships and relationships. You want to be good in your education if you're still at school. You want to be good in your work if you're in the workplace. You want to be good in your finances. You want to be good in your health. There's no one important area, and one, when one of them suffers because they're all interconnected, the other ones begin to crumble as well. Be careful how you build your life. Let me give you an example of mine that was a complete failure and what I learned from it. The Bible says the reason we should be, uh, that I said the reason you should be careful about how you build your life is because it's your life. The Bible says it's because the fire's coming. The fire or the problems are coming. Matthew 7 says when the problems come, not if. The problems will come, the fire will come, and it will, it will determine the type of life you're, you're building. The problems of life will determine the way that you're building your life. So for me, in 2011, when the fires came, so if you're, if you're not from Bastrop, we had the wildfires in, two, in September 2011, uh, 1,700 homes in our community were burned, and 21 of our homes in River Valley were burned, including mine. And so I, I am an introvert by nature. Most people don't believe me. Introvert is not whether you're shy or not. I'm not shy. I'm super awkward, but I'm not shy. All right? But, but my energy comes from being alone. And so, so I have to be alone in order to get energy. And I'm, I'm a, I have to be alone a lot to get energy. Well, the, the fires happen, and I'm ministering to all of these families. I'm displaced myself. Uh, all of these people are calling and wanting to help our church, so it was an opportunity for me to raise money for the people that lost their homes in our church. And so I'm around people all the time. We had a staff member who went through a, a, a very uh, sinful experience that I had to deal with. All of these things are happening together, and all of a sudden, I remember it. I remember it so clearly. I said to myself, when this is all over, I'm going to take a break. I remember saying that. Your temptation in building your life on Jesus Christ is thinking that you get a pass, thinking that the situation demands something different than what the Bible says. So I went to work. Man, I worked hard. I wanted, I've got a big long list of to-do things, including my own insurance and all of those things. I've got a lot to do, and I went to work, and I didn't take a rest. The Bible says that one day in seven ought to be a Sabbath, ought to be a day of rest, and I didn't do it, and I didn't take off. And I thought, I'll work my problems, and then I'll go on vacation, and it was working fine until I crashed. I absolutely crashed. 
I was no good to anyone. I was in counseling. Melinda had to help me. It was a, emotionally, I couldn't, I couldn't hardly speak. I couldn't, I, I did not obey the word of God. I did not take one day and seven off. I thought I needed to work all the time, and I lost it. And it took me a long time to recover from that. It took me a, a lot of counseling to learn some things about myself. That I have this performance thing that, you know, I'm afraid everybody's going to go, boo, bad pasta. I have that, you know, and, and just, I just have this in my head. And, and God was saying, I got this. And, and he tried to teach me. Now, fast forward that lesson to COVID. Man, oh my goodness. COVID, COVID was scary for, for pastors, business owners, because it was like, What's happening? What's going to happen? You know, and there's all these people making these predictions. All of church is going to be online. And I'm sitting there thinking, I wish you would have told me before we built a $4 million building. I mean, you know, you're like, man, we're going to open up a storage facility right here in the middle of the worship center, I guess, you know. And, and all of these things, and our, our money was, did not go good that first month. People panicked. Then you guys got your faith back, and we gave great. So fantastic. That first month, that first month was scary, though. Uh, uh, it really was. And, and, and we're going through all of these things. We've got some problems with the building that we're on. And, and so my, my immediately go-to reaction is, I'm going to wake up earlier. I'm going to work hard. I got a big list. I got a lot to do. And just a few weeks in, just a few weeks in, God gave me a word. And I was reading my Bible one day, and I want to show you what he said. Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2. God says this. He says, unless the Lord builds a house, its labors labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. God said, I'm going to build my church, Cody. And then this is what he said. In vain you get up early, and in vain you stay up late, working hard to have enough food. Yes, he gives sleep to the one he loves. And God told me, go to sleep. I, the only thing I changed was God, I didn't set an alarm. God says, I will tell you when to wake up, and I'll tell you to go to bed. And I did, and I didn't set my alarm for so long because God said, I'm going to take care of you. And some mornings he'd wake me up kind of early to pray. Some mornings I would sleep in, and he gave me the sleep I needed, and then I would come to work, and I would work, and I had enthusiasm. And man, I did pretty well through COVID once I got this lesson. Now, before I got this lesson, I was, I was struggling, but once I got this lesson, and God was saying, look— I'm going to build my church. You can't do this without the Word of God in your life, and you can't do it all anyway. And I'm going to brag on River Valley because I just told, uh, told you what God was doing. Let me tell you what, I know a lot of my friends, their churches are running about 50% of what was happening before COVID. They're running half as much as they were before COVID. We're running way more than we were before COVID. God has blessed us tremendously. And I say that not to brag because yeah, I just told you I was sleeping in. God was building the church, man. God was doing this great, wonderful thing. Let him. Your temptation in building a life for Christ is going to think, well, my circumstances are a little bit different. Well, this particular situation demands something different, and God's word stands true. Here was our, here was our uh, temptation with our children. Um, both of my children have ADHD and reading disabilities. I asked their permission to share that. They're overcomers, and so they're, they're fine with me sharing that. But when, when uh, especially my son, you know, you have some trouble reading. So your temptation is to say, well, you don't have to read the Bible. It's harder for you than most people. That's your temptation, right? Gets a pass. 
But we decided we're not doing that. Reading the word of God is important because God speaks to us. So you wake up in the morning in the summer, you have a, a time to wake up, you get up, you make your bed, you read your Bible, you do your chores every day before anything else goes on. And it doesn't matter that you have dyslexia, you still read your Bible because God wants to speak to you. I understand it's harder, but let's, let's talk about some ways, let's talk about some help. We've got to be careful as parents that we help our children build with um, gold, silver, and costly stones, and those are hard. And we help to propel them to say, do hard things for the glory of Jesus Christ, and he's going to show up in your life. So number one, Jesus is the only foundation. Number two, build your life. Be careful how you build your life. Number three, let's look at verses 16 and 17. Say, uh, don't you yourselves know that you are God's temple and that the Spirit of God lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and that is what you are. So here's life lesson number three. Our lives build the church. Our lives build the church. Now, I've talked to you so far about your life and building up a life for Jesus Christ, but this verse is plural. This verse says, uh, this is the, 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 the example that I've been giving. He's not saying you, he's saying y'all. Our lives, your life, your life, your life, your life, your life, together when you build good lives for Jesus Christ, come together to build the church. And you and I, together, we build the church. And we need to teach our children and help our children understand. We want you to have great lives, and we want you to invest those in the church because together we are strong. Together we build a great community of faith. And it's true that we need you. It's true that you have gifts and talents and abilities that are so uh, wonderful in the kingdom of God, but it's also true that you need us. You cannot build a successful life in Christ without the local church. You need us. Your family is deficient in some areas that you need the, the people of God, in this case, River Valley, pouring into your life. And together, all of us building our individual lives and our individual families, and they come together to build a great church for the glory of God. For the glory of God. Back in the day, uh, if you grew up Baptist like I did, we used to have letters. And letters were that a church says that you are a good member in good standing. So when you wanted to move letters, you would just call the old church and they would move your letter over. I don't know if they actually had a physical letter or if they just went, he's good to go. I don't know. All right, so, but, but that's basically how it happened. And so it's funny when, when Baptists uh, like me come to River Valley, they're like, hey, what do I need to do with my letter? I don't know, burn it, I guess. Yeah, you know, because, because that, that's not, we, what we don't want people to do is just say, well, I joined the church because we were notorious for saying, well, we've got 1,500 members and you've got, yeah, 20 of them are coming on Sunday. I mean, that's what it was. And so what do you do to be a good member at River Valley? Man, first of all, you are saved. You are saved don't look around this room. Sometimes you'll look around this room and go, there's a lot of hypocrites in here. Well, two things. Some of them are just lost, and some of them are working on it. But you got to get saved yourself. You don't get saved by walking into this building. You've got to give your life to Jesus Christ, and no one can do it but you. No one can do it. Your, your mom on Mother's Day can influence you to do that, but only you can do that for yourself. Secondly, we want you to be baptized. We want you to be baptized by immersion, that means in the water after your salvation, because it shows the world that you've been saved. 
And we want that for you. We're going to have another baptism in a couple weeks. We're going to do this one different. We're going to have the baptism outside in between services so that you can go get your children and show them the baptism. Because you're, when your children see the baptism, they'll be like, what's all that about? And I'm going to equip you to go, let me tell you. And begin that conversation about spiritual things and begin that conversation about salvation. So that's what we're going to do. But we want you to be saved. We want you to be baptized. And then we want you to be connected at River Valley. Our connections are coming to church, are, uh, being a part of a group, serving and giving and, and reading your Bible for yourself, connecting with Jesus. Those are the people who are members at River Valley. Those are the people who are truly connected at River Valley. So if you're missing one of those, man, plug in and help us build a great community in the kingdom of God. God has a great, great life for you. God has a great life for us together. Let's get busy living it. I invite you to bow your heads. Let's pray for just a moment right where you are. Life lesson number one, Jesus is the only foundation. Is Jesus the foundation of your life? Is Jesus the foundation of your life? Man, has there been a moment where you understood that Christ died on the cross for your sins? That he was buried in a tomb. And on the third day that he came alive, on Easter Sunday he came alive. And understanding that, that you let Jesus be the Lord of your life. Not the person that you visit on Sunday, the Lord of your life. He's the foundation for everything. He's the only foundation. If you've never done that, I invite you to make Jesus the Lord of your life this morning. To simply pray out to God and just say, God, I want you to be the foundation I don't want to rely on anything or anyone else. Jesus, you are the way and the truth and the life. When you say that and you ask that and you believe that God was, that Jesus was raised from the dead, the Bible says you will be saved. But as you are saved, for those of you who have done that already, how long has it been since you talked about Jesus outside of church? And there should be a consistency that your foundation is needed always. Always. Life lesson number two, be careful how you build. Everyone here is successful in some areas. And we tend to lead with those. Well, here's my job. And, but, but, but we're struggling, a lot of us, in one or two areas. You know those areas. I'm not going to go through a list. You know what it is. And you need to give some things up. You need to start doing some things. You need to start some new habits. Make some new friends. Build a better life. The fire is coming. Jesus doesn't say that to scare you, but it's true. None of us gets out of here problem free. And the fire will test the quality of your work of your relationships. The, the fire's coming. Build a good life. Use gold, silver, costly stones. It's much harder, but it's worth it. Because when it stands the test, the Bible says, 
you'll receive a reward. Finally, our lives build the church. The danger in a sermon like this is that you heard the first two points and it's kind of almost a little motivational. Like, hey, go out and live a great life. And if you forget the third point, you can't live a great life outside of the local church. There is no successful Christian in the Bible, in the New Testament, that's not connected to their church. There's none. Jesus died for the church. You need us and we need you. Man, we want you here. We want you to plug in. We want you to help us build a great church. Part of it is your life. Part of it is your, you helping what River Valley does to bring the kingdom to the ends of the earth. Father, thank you for those who are being saved this morning. God, thank you for those who are, are really shoring up their life and how they're building it. Thank you for those who are getting going to get plugged back into our church. God, we pray that we would have a great life and that those lives would be used to build a great church together. For your glory, God, and our good, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.